0: Hello love, before we get into today's episode, if you want even more glittery goodness bang for your buck, well then you need to head to glitterball.plus where you can subscribe for just $7 a month. You'll get first listen access to all your glitterball favourites, ad-free listening as well as exclusive podcasts just for glitterball plus subscribers. You can head to glitterball.plus today to get all that and more for just $7 a month. Let's get into today's show. Glitterball Podcast. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another week of Glittery Goodness and your weekly, or mostly weekly, adventure into the world of pop culture and whatever else I put out in my brain because, say it with me, there are no rules here, and that is half the fun. Ooh, do we have a show this week? I have, of course, your usual culture list with some spicy, spicy recommendations fresh out of the oven. And we are talking about the film A Man Named Otto. That is the adaption of one of my favourite books for such a very long time, A Man Named Uva by Frederick Backman. It's finally been made into a major motion picture and Tom Hanks is Uwe or Otto in this case. It's a really interesting film, and I think it's a really interesting interpretation of the book. So we will get into that as well for this week's Deep Dive. And we're talking all things reality TV wars in reality, really. But first, let's jump in to our culture list. Okay, we're going to start with music, as always. You can find the songs referenced in the Glittery Goodness playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. First up, it's a new track by Queen Herbie. It is Thank Goddess, the first track on her new EP, The Muse. This whole EP is great. I say this every time about a Queen Herbie release, but she still hasn't let me down. So here we are. That's the first track from her new release, The Muse, called Thank Goddess. Up next is a brand new track by the iconic and incomparable Jessie Ware. This is Pearl's from her new album, That Feels Good, which I think is out in June. This is just pure, pure fun. This is such a joy and so silly. The film clip is also ridiculous and I love it. This is great. I love Jessie Ware so, so much. So I'm glad we have more. And I'm so excited for this album. It seems like it's going to be really camp and quite light. And I am very, very here for that. Speaking of new music that always delivers, up next is a brand new track from her brand new album, also from drag superstar Shea Kool-Aid. This is called Material. I believe the album is called Lipstick. It could be wrong. This is Grey. This follows the string of hits that she has had recently and is just very in that same kind of 80s vibey lane and... It's It's an absolute slay. So well done, Shay. And, well, actually there's two more. I was about to say last but not least. But second last but not least, it is Diamonds by Victor Krohn. Victor Krohn is currently competing in the Swedish Eurovision uh, selection process called Melody Festivalen. And this song is a banger. It's really good. Will it go to Eurovision? I don't know, but I love it. I guess we'll see. So Victor Crone, Diamond, it's very uplifting. It's a lot of fun. Victor's got a fabulous voice and it really showcases it well. But speaking of Eurovision, we have our Australian entrant and they are last on the music list for this week. Representing Australia at Eurovision in 2023 is Voyager. Voyager you may remember from my Eurovision Australia Decides podcast last year were part of the national selection with a song called Dreamer and they finally get the ticket to Liverpool this year with a new song called Promise. Now this might be a little bit of a controversial opinion but I feel like Dreamer was a little bit of a stronger song But then again, we haven't seen them perform Promise live yet. So I will withhold my full judgment until we get some level of a live performance, which I hope isn't too far off. But again, very strong, very Voyager, and I'm here for it. And don't forget, you can find all of those in the Glittery Goodness playlist on Apple Music or Spotify. Right, in terms of podcast recommendations this week, it's been a little bit of a slower week, but I have instead dived into the British Scandal series on the Norman Scott affair with uh, former Liberal MP Jeremy Scott, and boy, that was an adventure. Uh, very dark, just very bizarre the length that one man would go to to silence his former lover. Uh, So I can highly recommend that if you want something that will keep you on the edge of your seat. But the other podcast recommendation I have for you is something that I've been listening to for a while and realised I've never actually spoken about, which is the Queens of the Drone Age podcast. These women are an absolute delight and they have become an absolute staple in my week whenever they release new episodes, which I think is Monday and Thursday. So that's Queen of... Queens of the Drone Age podcast. But that is all my recommendations for this week because I don't really have anything non-reality TV related, so we will get to that in reality, really. But we will get in to our deep dive about The Man Named Otto starring Tom Hanks and whether it's true to the book right after this handy dandy break. Welcome back, my loves. It is time for us to talk about The Man Named Otto, starring Tom Hanks, which is the American big motion picture adaption of one of my favourite Swedish books, A Man Called Uva. This is a very dark book, to be honest, because it talks about a man dealing with the loss of his wife when there relationship was kind of all-consuming and also being at the stage in his life in which he's being forced to retire from his job and he's a very particular particular human and I think it's a very faithful retelling of the book and it's really interesting because I feel like I know that book cover to cover I read it that much uh, when it first came out in the English copy I feel like I know it cover to cover and I love it. And I was really scared that the American adaption would completely ruin it. But in fact, it's actually very faithful to both the love story that is at the center of this and the new connection he makes with his neighbors. Now, Uwe and or Otto is a very particular human, as I said before, so much so that he has regimented routine morning and night But juxtaposed to that, we see him struggle with the loss of his wife and also, how do I put this, try and find various ways in which to join her if you follow my drift. So trigger warning, there is uh, mm, some dark moments. But the film does a very good job of showing him struggling but also on the flip side showing the community around him in this little cul-de-sac he's living in whether he likes it or not come together and support him and it's really lovely it's very sweet the relationship between him and I think they refer to her as Marciella I think in the um film that's not the name she had in the Swedish book but it is just glorious and a very true uh, characterization of the relationship between Uva and that character in the book. She's pregnant at the time. Her husband is terrible at driving a car, so Otto and/or Uva uh, teaches Marcella to drive, and it's just so wholesome. And that connection he makes with that family and also some of his other neighbours are what spurs him to stick around because he feels needed and wanted. And I think it's just a really lovely story and showing that even if he feels like he isn't wanted, he still is. It's just, it's delightful. It's very wholesome, even though it's very dark in the beginning. It is... I think ends on a very wholesome note. So I highly recommend going to find The Man Named Otto because Tom Hanks does a fabulous job as his character also. A fabulous, fabulous job. But that is our deep dive for the week on A Man Named Otto. And up next, we will tackle all things reality-related. And boy, do we have a lot talk about in reality really so let's get into it it's another week of the reality wars with Maths survivor and australian idol continuing to go head to head and boy oh boy is Maths leaving them all in their newly wedded dust in
2: selling a little or a lot
1: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: Terms of the ratings. I am gobsmacked, but I kind of understand it because I have been watching Maths with a friend. I can't believe I'm even admitting this. And I'm still... Like, we are almost up to date now. And I think we're going to continue watching some this evening. It's deranged. I don't understand why people sign up for this show. Truly, I have so many questions. Sure, fame and attention. Great, yep. Boost your Instagram following. Great, yep. But is it worth it for all the trauma? mm, I'm not so convinced. I just... I just, I, I don't really understand. And it seems to be getting more unhinged by the episode. Like we just finished watching Confessions Week and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about most of you. Now, and look, sure, a lot of this is probably the edit. I'm not saying they're horrible people. But I just go, this is some very deranged behaviour all for some TV airtime. You know what I mean? Very, very odd. But uh, now that I've spoken about maths, let's just push that to uh, one side with their wedding cakes and all. And talk about Australian Idol. Because this is a really, really interesting reboot. But, and this is a controversial opinion. I don't really think that any of our top 12. Because we finally now have a top 12. And we go into the live shows as of Sunday. I don't think any of them are that strong. Really. I think there is maybe one and or two, if they play it right, that in my eyes are strong enough. Everybody else, I don't know. I think it's going to be a very interesting time to see which way Australia votes and who ends up going through... Week on week on week. Because out of so many strong auditionees, I feel like we're only left with really a handful of super strong contestants. Everybody else has been weeded out along the top 50 and top 24 route. And I'm really confused. Really, really confused. Also, just a funny little antidote. Have you seen the drama around the touchdown coming back. Mark Holden, who was one of the original Australian Idol judges, for those of you not young enough to remember, has basically thrown a complete and utter public tantrum about the fact that he was not consulted nor reached out to apparently, allegedly, according to him. But if you ask me, I think he's just a teeny, tiny, teeny bit salty that he didn't get the Marsha Hines treatment and being brought back and being hailed as the King of Idol. I just kind of get salty, salty, salty man vibes. Um, but interesting drama nevertheless. Elsewhere in the reality field, sphere, whatever you want to call it, we need to talk about the train wreck that is perfect match. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Oh, also, BT Dubs. or by the way, um, The Mole on Netflix, I'm delighted to tell you is coming back for season two, which is great news. And we are definitely covering that in some more depth. And we might even go backwards and talk about the mole more properly in like a more fleshed out way prior to that coming back. But perfect match, more like perfect trash. This is just such a Netflix multiverse disaster. Now, don't get me wrong. It's no shade to any of the participants. I just think the idea is kind of trash. The idea doesn't work. The idea isn't compelling. I feel like I'm watching The Circle mashed with a dating show and it's... No, no, no. No, no, no. Stick to the more original uh, concepts like Love is Blind. At least... That has an interesting premise. This just feels like we just want to use the con- uh, the contestants or the talent we already have on roster. And this is a cheap and easy way to get people hooked into a show. I'm bored. I'm tired and I'm bored, Netflix. No, I'm not still watching. I mean, thankfully, we're getting more Love is Blind very soon, but... This just doesn't do anything for me. And as I say, no shade to the contestants. Get that paycheck. Get that airtime. But I'm bored. But you didn't think I was done just yet, did you? No, 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 no. Because I'm sneaking something in. Now, I know I said I wasn't covering season 15. But you're getting a mini lap this week.
1: Surprise!
0: You're getting a mini lap. Because... The lip sync, Smackdown, Lollaparooza, whatever you want to call it, this week. Holy crap, I wish that had been a 90-minute episode. Because some of those lip syncs turned it the... Out! Look at you, Sasha Colby and Anitra. That was iconic. And I think is one of the best lip syncs I have seen on Drag Race for years for years I am so so here for it and if you haven't seen it I highly recommend that you go check it out my overall point with season 15 I think still stands and I really sadly don't think that going back to 90 minute episodes at the top 6 is going to do anything to save what has already happened with this season but let's see Maybe, maybe it will turn things around, but I'm not really that convinced. So, But I really implore you, if you watch just one episode of this entire season, it's got to be that Lipstick Smackdown because, whoa, Sasha Colby and Anitra really killed it. Um, I would even argue, and I know a lot of people found this lip-sync really boring, that Marsha and Malaysia killed it. Marsha is a really good lip synker Has it reignited my love of Drag Race? Yes. Okay, a little bit. Look, I'm a sucker for a good lip-sync. And actually, while we're talking about Drag Race related world-esque things, gotta tell ya, I'm very excited for season 2 of Queen of the Universe. Although I am a little shocked They've replaced Leona Lewis with Mel B. Anyway, that's it for Reality Really This Week. And with that, my loves, we have reached the end of a slightly shorter, but I hope, nevertheless, just as glittery adventure for the week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And thank you for joining me yet again for another dose of glittery goodness. These weeks feel like they're going even faster. But here we are. Although, I have a little bit of news. There is a Glitterball store and it is finally launching next week. I've been holding off on this for I don't know how long because I'm still, even now as I say this, trying to get some of the prints right. But next week, like as of Monday, you'll be able to head to co to be able to get some extra glittery goodness, be that art prints and or maybe even a mug, And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, if that goes well, we'll do a new enamel pin. Because I'm a sucker for a pin and I love them. And I miss making them. But that is all I have for you this week. I hope you have enjoyed yourselves. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend on whatever podcasting apparatus you're listening to us on. Please leave a review. Five stars would be great. Thanks. I might also have a little bit more news, but... Just go keep an eye out for a bonus episode in your feed. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to spoil that one. Because it's fun. But... Leave us a review. Come say hi on socials at weareglitterball on Instagram. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Now, as always, before I leave you, I have one final piece of advice. If this week has been difficult, do not fear. You are not broken. You are just a disco ball, my love. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I hope you get to relax or do something you enjoy. Happy World Pride those who celebrate and i will see you next week for another dose of glittery goodness Glitterball podcast.
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter